Welcome to Padmuchun, Armenian History Podcast. Pariyagak Padmuchun, Hayots Padmuchiana Podcast. Hello and welcome back. Pare, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Peter Hujinin. And I'm Father Tarios Barcelian. And we're excited to be recording new episodes of Padmuchun in 2020. Yes, we are excited and it's been already a year since we launched Padmuchun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recorded uh, many episodes in 2019 and we are excited for 2020. It will be a great year for us. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some new uh, episodes coming up. Um, and if you have an episode you'd like to hear about or a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, please let us know on the Facebook page. Send us a message or leave a comment. Uh, also, you know, we're not experts in any of this. We're just enthusiasts about Armenian history, so... Yeah, we never claim you're... We never claim you're... We never claim you're... Hey, you're historians here. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we, we say is... <laughs> we may make some mistakes. We may make some mistakes. Some, say some things that you disagree with, so... Sure. But it's a conversation between Father Tadios and I, and yeah. we want you to join the conversation, too. So yeah, we do our research and come back and share thoughts and, and enjoy doing it in the meantime yes but also it's wonderful to know that other people enjoy it yes. <laughs> enjoy it too it's not only us but uh, we receive messages from our listeners it's wonderful to hear to receive these notes from you uh, encouraging we receive message all the way from uh, from australia yeah a teacher send us a message that uh, that uh, she listens to it and she encourages her students to listen to it to it as well also, uh, some young people, uh, we keep hearing from them, we receive messages from them that people listen to, uh, to Bad Mutyun and people uh, to, uh, want to learn more about, about our history, about our people and, and, our, and our culture. Yes, so thank you for your notes and please keep sending them yes. and keep listening. Yes, indeed. So tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this, we're recording this on a very cold night in Minnesota, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about the story of Gomidas. Mm. Gomidas, who was named Gomidas when he became a priest, which we'll do a, we should do a podcast on Armenian names, names I think. Names later, yeah, probably. Names later. Yeah. yeah, that's what happens when you become a priest. They give you, they give you a new name. That's what happened, uh, happened to me. That's yeah. And, and uh, Gomi, Gomidas became Gomidas, but he was born Sogoman Sogomanian. Solomon, Solomonian, yes. In Solomon, right? Solomon. Solomon. So, so that would be Solomon, son of Solomon? Solomon, son of Solomon. <laughs> so it's probably his grandfather's name was Solomon, or, and then he was named that traditional to name children after their grandparents. So, yeah, he became Solomon, Solomonian. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes sense. And he was born in... 1869. 1869. <laughs> 1869. In a town called Kutaya. Kutaya, which is in, it was in the Ottoman Empire. Today it's in Turkey. It's just southeast, south of Istanbul. So it's pretty far away from uh, the Armenian homelands mm-hmm. in eastern Turkey. Um, so because of that, there, there were a lot of Armenians there, but there wasn't a lot of it wasn't known as an Armenian cultural right. stronghold. It was not historical Armenian land, so Armenian identity was not, preservation of Armenian identity is not as, as strong. And that's why many Armenians growing up in that town 
they didn't speak Armenian. Right. And Gomidas. So, <laughs> so Gomidas, for example, he only spoke Turkish. He only spoke Turkish. But also I, I read someplace that uh, um, the, there were some incidents before when uh, Armenians were killed and, and uh, even beheaded uh, because they were they spoke Armenian and the local authorities didn't like that and, 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 and they were executed these Armenians. So that's why Armenians probably they were afraid and they just stopped talking Armenian and that continued from generation to, to the next generation. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so Gomidas grew up in this in this environment. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes his story even more extraordinary in some in some yeah. respects. It's interesting. Uh, the uh, the Armenian television uh, uh, channel one they did a they did a, a documentary in Gomidas, I believe two years ago. Or so, and they. Uh, they traveled to Kutaya and they were able to find Gomidas's house. Wow. The, the old apartment. There are some pictures. We'll probably put these pictures on Facebook that you can see. But they were able to find, uh, you know, the, according to, to some local sources, that was the house that it was an old apartment building. Uh, uh, and today the building is still there. Uh, and it's probably you know populated by other people, of course, not Armenians. Yeah. Uh, but the the apartment is still there, and Gomidas was born in that. So they will be to trace that somehow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. But. Wow. When we're looking at a picture of it. It does not look. It it doesn't look very well. It looks old, but it doesn't look like 1869 old. Yeah. Uh, they they probably did some updates to it over the years. Yeah, you <laughs> some new windows, maybe some new doors. Yeah, I mean, doors. <laughs> but it's pretty neat to see. So yeah. he he was an only child. It makes it more personal, right? When you see that, yeah, when you yeah. see when you talk about somebody, and but when you see something, uh, you know, their house that they grew up, or an yeah. item, or uh, or something, it can then it's can connected with them. It makes it more personal, I think. Yeah, the story. Yeah, and he was an only child, so you can imagine it was him and his mother and his father in the apartment. Yeah, well, he didn't have really a really a happy, uh, we would say, happy childhood because he was he became orphaned, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Age twelve, he was all orphaned, both by his father and mother. Mother passed away earlier. Yeah, I think when he was uh, five or six years old, and then uh, and then when he was twelve, his father passed away. Um, unfortunately, uh, he grew up in in um, uh, very uh, poor family, uh, and, uh, very difficult conditions. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, when his mother passed away, his father sent him to uh, to um, to her his um, sister or um, to uh, to go to school and to stay with her that he, he can work. Yeah. And then Gomidas was away. And he learned about his father's passing when he was in another town, yeah. in another city with his with his aunt. Uh, that's when that's when he came back to Kutaya. Okay. Yeah. And then from there he was then he was. I don't know the right word is given over to the church, but he entered in entered into a church orphanage. Well, he was uh, according to some sources, his father was singing in the church. 
And he grew up serving in the church as well. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak Armenian, as we said, right? But, yeah. but he could sing in Armenian. <laughs> isn't, that, uh, isn't that interesting? We have people, too, in our communities, communities right? Who, uh, who cannot speak Armenian, but they sing Bada. <laughs> the same was with Gominas. He did not know Armenian, didn't speak a word of Armenian public. But he could sing the Sharagas. He could sing the hymns, mm. the songs. And, and his father was a good singer, they say. Yeah. Uh, and he learned some of the songs from his father, I think. And then and, and he was singing on the streets. And um, most of the time, they would find him sleeping in front of, uh, on the concrete, cold concrete, in front of laundry, laundry house. Mm. Uh, laundry. Uh, and uh, pretty, uh, pretty tragic. Yeah. Difficult. You know, uh, it's it's hard to imagine even the difficulties that, that he had to endure from his yeah. childhood. Well, it kind of turns around from when he goes to Etchmiadzin then. Well, that's an interesting story, right? Uh, yeah. How he ended up in Etchmiadzin. Right. You yeah. want to tell the story of the priest that... Well, uh, there was a priest right in Constantinople that was going to be ordained a bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the Catholicus of the time who was originally from Constantinople himself he knew about a situation constant. he knew that there were many Armenian orphans in Kutaya in other neighboring towns of Constantinople and he told this Vartab and this priest he said when you come bring some uh, orphans with you bring one or two this time and they decided to take one and there were 12 of them Mm. In, in that area, in that town, one of them was Gomidas. So they did a lottery, right? They did drawing or... Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Gomidas picked... Uh, he picked, picked the straw, the right straw, the straw, so he right? got to go. He got to go. Amazing, right? Amazing yeah. circumstance. You may think, well, it was probably you know coincidence or it was probably a luck. Yeah. But... Uh, but being a priest, I believe, <laughs> and knowing how important Gomidas has become for our, you know, uh, preservation of Armenian sacred music, for our culture, for our, uh, uh, you know, folk music, mm-hmm. I think this there was divine <laughs> divine intervention, yeah. intervention here for Gomidas to go to Echmazi. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, I think, it, you know. Th- you look at how poor he was, how, you know, uh, dismal his story was up until this point. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he magically or all of a sudden becomes the king of Etchmiadzin when he arrives or anything. But <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. But, it, but it, you start to see the path that he's on. You start to see the opportunities for, you know, uh, a really intellectual musical mind gets to go to one of the greatest places for Armenian music. Yeah, that was the center, and, and until now it's the center of, of Armenian church, right? Holy, yeah. Holy Eshmiadzin. Yeah. And that's where the seminary is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, uh, and at that time when he was going to Holy Eshmiadzin, the seminary was, uh, was one of the important centers of Armenian, uh, Armenian life, um, you know, a lot of writers came out of Holy Age from seminary, and, and it had two divisions in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
One was a religious uh, branch, the other one was secular. Mm -hmm. So uh, there were many writers and, and authors and scholars who came out of that, uh, that division and the education level was pretty high at the, at the time. I'm not saying it was, it was diff it's different or it was, yeah. but uh, you know, it depends uh, on the time, of course, and environment and circumstances, but yeah. at the time there was the place to go. Right, and if you think about Armenian history, the last king the Armenians had was Levon V. Mm -hmm. This is in, you know, 500, 600 years before this, in the 1400s, 13, you know. That was the last king. After and he, that... And he was not even in Armenia. He wasn't in Armenia. He was French. No, he was physically not in Armenia. Yeah, the kingdom yes. was not he, in Armenia, The kingdom right? was in, yeah, it was Cilician king. And then he ended up, he's buried in France in exile. But the Armenians didn't have a political power that was maintaining the culture. There wasn't mm -hmm. a political power that everyone could flock under and follow for the culture. So the church became one of the, the biggest guardians of the culture. And Etchmiadzin, you know, was the place you would go then for studying Armenian literature and, mm -hmm. and music and language and all these things. You yeah. know, so this is the last 500 years, Etchmiadzin has been the place you get to, you know, if you want to study, you're an Armenian, you want to learn about Armenian history and the arts, this is where you go. Yeah, Etchmiadzin and uh, Tbilisi as well. Um, in Georgia, mm -hmm. and Constantinople was an important center. The Patriarchate of Constantinople was an important religious um, center, and, and that's why Gomidas chose to go back later. Yeah, you know, from uh, from Holy Etchmiadzin. But he arrives at Holy Etchmiadzin. Right. And uh, it's interesting, you know, the uh, the meeting between him and the Catholicos, right? Yeah. Who was uh, who was from Constantinople? He spoke Turkish himself. And, mm -hmm. So they bring, uh, the, the priest of Artabit brings this young boy to him and, uh, and, and the, the Catholicos ask him, do you speak Armenian? <laughs> he says, he says in, 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 uh, in Turkish, no, I don't speak Armenian. <laughs> he says, well, can you sing something? It's interesting, right? It's, I wonder what would happen if he didn't ask that question. <laughs> and he starts singing. They start singing one of the Sharagans that we sing every Saturday evening. Mm. It is in preparation of Sunday service. It's called Louis Zavart, um, which means light, uh, light, joyful light, or something, something mm -hmm. like that. It's beautiful, beautiful hymn, beautiful Sharaga. So he starts singing that hymn. And Catholicus was, was amazed at this beautiful voice. He says, take him to uh, to seminary, and if he'll learn Armenian, he'll be uh, he'll be great. Uh, probably he saw something. Yeah. He saw something in this young young boy that he decided to keep him, uh, although despite the fact that he didn't speak a word of Armenian, right. but he knew how to sing. But he knew how to sing. Yeah. yeah that uh, a tip there. If you if you if you don't know your stuff, just know how you sing. sing. <laughs> At least know how to, how At least to know sing. how to sing. <laughs> well, and this also Gilbert the Fourth, the Catholicos, he really becomes a he becomes a mentor and a patron for Gomidas. Mm -hmm. And uh, things are really good for Gomidas at the seminary while Gebork is. 
Catholicos. Yeah, he, he studies at seminary and then uh, he graduates from seminary and becomes a deacon and uh, now he becomes the choir director mm-hmm. at seminary. And, uh, and myself, being gone through the training of seminary and being in a choir in seminary, uh, that is a uh, really good choir. It's pretty pretty good choir. And and, and but Gomidas was able to transform that choir with new techniques and the way of learning, way of singing and syncing together their voices and harmony. And uh, so he created a you know high level choir, yeah. uh, quality. A choir for uh, for Holy Edge as well as for the for the seminary. So he was well respected at the time, and he became well known for for his education and his passion. Yeah, for music especially. Yeah, he he kind of got um, he kind of got such a reputation that there were some people that didn't didn't like that so much that Gobidas <laughs> isn't that the case is, always. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk a little bit about what what he was studying while he was there. So, when he studied the music, he was also studying. He had access to all of the Armenian notation, the Kaz notation. Mm-hmm. So he could learn. He learned the because the Armenian at the time they were using the Kaz notation, which isn't like our normal musical notation we might but see are in the West. Just signs, right? Sim- symbols. Symbols, yeah. But so he could learn it. So he has this natural musical mind, and now he has the education to take that and do some things with and you know talk about before Gomidas the music in the church was very it was it was everybody singing the same notes at the same time to represent one voice in the church one voice mm-hmm. united mm-hmm. Um, so when this polyphonic sort of harmonies and things and counterpoint came in it was a it was a big revolution it right. was it was like uh, electric guitars after a hundred years of you know acoustic instruments <laughs> there was, there was a uh, like other orthodox churches armenian church had a lot of chanting right yeah. in the in the church uh, but gomidas was able to transform that and make it more melodic and and he wrote the music of padarak that we sing every every sunday yeah right uh, we have organ we play the organ and music and and he was he was able to change and make it more melody. And so when we go to Armenian Orthodox Church and we go to Greek Orthodox Church down the street, uh, you'll notice that the music is different. Mm. The music there is more melody here. There is more harmony here because Gomitas was able to put all of that together uh, and and create a music that speaks to the soul of, of Armenian faithful you know, mm-hmm. coming coming to church. So he was. Of course, he came really uh, close to uh, discovering the, uh, the long-time secret <laughs> of Armenian symbols, music symbols, mm-hmm. religious uh, sacred music symbols. Yeah. Called khas, you mentioned earlier, yeah. right? We call them khas, but they're just symbols. So if you open old Armenian uh, hymnology or, or, or hymns, a book, um, hymnal book, hymnal, uh, there are no notes in that, in that book, but there are... There are just the words, the text, and there are symbols above the words. So you have to kind of know the symbols in order to be able to sing. Mm. Uh, something that I was never good 
I'll, I'll admit, I, I, I'm not Gomi dancer. <laughs> you have a good, you have a great voice. You're a great singing <laughs> yeah. priest. Yeah, but uh, so he he came really close, Gomi dancer, and he did a lot of research in that field. Yeah. 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 So he became a, he he had a good reputation at the time at Holy Hermitage. But as you said, you know, you know, you're, when you're successful and when you're different, mm-hmm. not everybody's happy sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, and especially in a place when you're, you know, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of people living together. And uh, if, if there are human beings, there are conflicts and issues and interests, right? Yeah. So, uh, so he didn't stay at Holy Edge Mountain and, and he left. Yeah, he went to Georgia. He went to Tbilisi, yeah. Georgia. There was another center. Right. There were a lot of our. There was a big center of Armenian uh, culture, writers and mm-hmm. artists and musicians. A large Armenian population there. Right. And that's where he meets uh, another Armenian. Um, uh, uh, I'm not sure you call uh, um, scholar or. Um, he meets uh, it's where he meets uh, Magar Yegmalian, mm-hmm. right? Who was uh, uh, who was doing research and studying Armenian music uh, before Gomidas? And, yeah, um, and Gomidas starts taking classes with Magar Yegmalian mm-hmm. to learn more about Armenia, Armenian music. So there are two uh, versions of Badarak music, right? Yeah, one of them is written by Gomidas. Yeah. The other one is written by Makar Yekmalia. Huh. And Gomidas was, uh, he, Gomidas became his student. Uh-huh. And, he, and he, in his memoirs, in his notes, Gomidas writes that, uh, I'm in Georgia now, I'm taking classes uh, with Makar Yekmalia, and he was kind enough and gracious enough not to charge me for the classes. And he was taking, he was just taking classes for free. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with him. Because Yekmalia was impressed with his Probably, musical yeah. abilities. Yeah. This is another. This is another theme throughout Gomidas's life. Is he really won over a lot of people with right. with his music and with his musical abilities? Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, everybody noticed something uh, special about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, people wanted to to help him, and he was never. Uh, you know, he never had a the. Uh, uh, he never had a um, lot of money <laughs> to pay for it. No. <laughs> the classes and anything like that. and uh, So he was always struggling. Yeah. And, and it's good that there were people on the way uh, to help him. Mm-hmm. To help well, I had him. read that uh, somebody had bought him a bed. Really? Well, a patron or somebody said, you, you know, bought him a bed. and Or even a bedroll, but he would sleep on the floor because... That's what he was used to, and that's he. He said, "I just sleep better when I'm on the floor." Hmm. He lived a very, almost a monkish life. Yeah, you know, it was it was music, and that was about it. That was his life. Yeah, and I think that's the uh, that's the one part of his uh, uh, life that it gets lost sometimes because we speak too much, so much about too much, so much about. Uh, music that he wrote was passionate about but uh, his personality kind of gets lost too and especially during Soviet Union you know I, I went to uh, 
music school for seven years. Yeah. And there was a painting of Gomidas. And I saw many paintings of Gomidas when I was growing up, different walls. and But none of them was never Gomidas painted, portrayed with his clergy vestments or clergy clothes, always with, with the suit. And oh. I never knew that he was actually a priest. Really? That was the agenda in Soviet Union. Too. So oh. all, the, all the paintings and pictures, and even a painting in Holy Edge, seminary. If you go to the main hall, main hall of the... Uh, seminary, the, the, there is a mural on the ceiling, and in that mural he was again painted with, uh, with just uh, uh, secular clothing and not his with his clergy robe. Uh, ah. And then later that was painted over <laughs> and added when, because uh, the seminary was taken over by the Soviets, right? Yeah. And later he was returned, given back to Holy Edgemantin. Many, many years later, I think 1903 was taken away, and then uh, after Stalin or around, but I think it was Stalin who gave, gave it back to uh, to Holy Edgemantin. Wow. Uh, around that that time, um, yeah. But but I, I never <laughs> growing up, I didn't know that he was that a, he was a priest. He was a priest, and I think a lot of aspects of his personal life, how faithful he was, how prayerful he was, how he lived as a, as a, like a monk, as you said. Right? Yeah. And that part, I think, gets lost his spiritual journey, his personality, how he was struggling. He had a lot of health issues, too. He yeah, was, he did. Yeah. So Gomidas goes in the fields and he is listening to music and recording it, writing it down. Mm -hmm. And what did the what did the little girls do when they're singing? And they're they're not sure about singing for this priest. So well, yeah, they're shy a little bit. He writes in his memoirs that every time he approaches these young girls to sing, <laughs> they are shy. They don't want to do it. So he he, he goes a little far and he usually hides under a tree or is waiting for them to start working and singing. And that's when he starts writing down and listening. And were, he didn't have probably recorder or anything. At no, that time. no, I don't. But I don't. he was listening to all this music and then he was writing later. Um, yeah, so his, his main mission was to uh, edit and, and, and make all this music that we have folk music uh, available and, and simplify. And yeah. make it uh, make it really special. And so every time you listen to Gomidas, you can you can tell this is really Gomidas music. This is folk Armenia. He was able to capture Armenian spirit and soul and, and music. Yeah, when he was in Berlin, there was that inspiration of mm -hmm. rediscovering folk music. And when he came back to Armenia, he was kind of doing the same thing they were doing, but he was capturing Armenian folk music mm -hmm. and. That's interesting that you say you can you can hear it and feel it in the music he wrote for the church and mm -hmm. you know you think there's probably not a lot of uh, there's a lot of energy in the music people are singing in the fields as they're mm -hmm. working and yeah he took that and put that in the liturgy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting uh, when people come to Badarak mm -hmm. uh, you know the language is old Armenian right yeah 
team. I don't know anybody who understands the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. language fully. Uh, but people connect to the music because it speaks to their spirit, it speaks to people's hearts and so because that's the music of our spirit, Armenian spirit. <laughs> that's why, why I don't have anything against people who try to sing Omidas, especially people who are uh, who, who may not understand the spirit and soul and who may who probably didn't grow up in the same cultural environment. They don't they don't have that musical ability. Yeah. You know, we had a concert here and, and we have an Armenian uh, uh, opera singer singing Gomidas and, yeah. and and we had Russian accompanist. <laughs> <laughs> she is singing and, and there is you know not everything is expressed in in the nose the spirit and music and uh, uh, so the Russian the company it was having hard time because that's what that's not what the nose but she was like well you have to make it a little longer you have to uh, <laughs> so I, I think the music the what Gomidas understood the music or just the notes are just guiding you but you create the music the, the feel mm-hmm. the feel of it interesting yeah yeah do you have a go- favorite Gomidas song? I have the, uh, it's called uh, um, Shushiki. Shushiki. Shushiki, yeah. We'll play, we'll play a little bit of that. We'll put, we'll play some Shushiki at the end and we'll play some, yeah. a recording of Gomidas because there is a recording yeah. of him singing. Probably at the end of our, the end of our episode. But yes. let's, uh, let's continue with his story. Yes. When he goes uh, back to Gaston, Constantinople after Holy Hermitage. Yes. So he didn't stay there for for long, and he he went back to Turkey to Constantinople, right? And um, and he was able to uh, start a choir again. Yeah, the Gusan uh, Choir. Well, three hundred members. <laughs> three hundred members, and Gusan is a is a uh, a term for not mm-hmm. a troubadour, but it's a. A lot of old Armenian stories come from the Gusans, which mm-hmm. would travel from village to village and sing Telling the songs and yeah. tell the tales and the myths and those things. Yeah, and in a manner of singing, right? Yeah, singing. So Gusan, they will write songs to Gusans. Yeah. right? They create on the spot too sometimes. So he he creates a organizes this large choir in Constantinople, and this was the first time. Um, uh, male and female choir. He was able to create both uh, uh, male and female singers came together and, um, and young kids and um, so two gender choir kind of. Wow. Um, in, uh, before that it was either male choir or female choir but he was able to combine and, and bring 300 young people together and, and sing. And, and they were they were on tours in yeah. Egypt or other places, Europe, uh, and it was singing a and presenting yeah. Armenian music. Yeah, it was a big hit, but it got him in a little bit of trouble, didn't it? Well, I um, I'm not sure. A uh, little bit of a tr- trouble. Uh, I uh, I haven't read anything about about it, but I think he was always. Uh, there was always jealousy, there was always issues and problems and, and Constantinople they were having their issues at the time too. Yeah. You know, uh, with uh, different denominations and Armenian denominations, they were always, you know, it's they never things that like they never stop. So anybody doing something new and different and 
anybody getting that the kind of attention he was getting, he was going to. There would be people complaining about yeah. that. There was always people who complained. Always people complaining. <laughs> <laughs> there are two types of people: people who complain and people who don't. <laughs> but unfortunately, everything comes to a tragic end for him uh, with the. Uh, the Armenian genocide. Yes. So one thing that so Gomidas, if what happens next didn't happen to Gomidas, he'd still be a very important part of Armenian history. Obviously, he'd still be somebody we talk about today. But what happens to him in the genocide, I think, um, just uh, really solidifies uh, this what he symbolizes for Armenians and Armenian culture. So Armenians recognized the genocide on April 24th because that's the night when 250 of the leaders, of Armenian leaders, were intellectuals, intellectuals priests even, were rounded up in Istanbul and taken. Mm -hmm. And Gomidas is one of those 250. Okay. Yeah. And they're taken to a military base outside of Istanbul and uh, they're, you know, beaten and kept in tortured, dark rooms, yeah. tortured and not allowed to eat in these things. Um, and almost all of them died. Almost all of them died, except Gomidas did not die. So yeah. Gomidas uh, was allowed to return to Istanbul. So this is, a, this is something that when I learned about this, it kind of blew my mind, because I thought all 250 died, and I thought that that was the, that was the beginning that kicked off the genocide. Well, it was the beginning, but when Gomidas went back to Istanbul, people were like, Okay, don't talk about what happened. We're just going to go back to normal. Everything's like going to go back to normal. Yeah. yeah, and he, his, his, he kind, he, he had a mental breakdown after this, obviously, mm -hmm. because of what, what he lived through, what he saw. But people didn't really believe him. His friends didn't really believe him, and they sold uh, some of his music sheets and things, some of his items, whatever items he had. Not much, because we talked mm -hmm. about he lived very simply sold those things to try and get him into a sanatorium, try to get him into a mental hospital. Yeah. Um, and well, he was released with the help of uh, European uh, dignitaries and mm -hmm. with their intervention because he was well known yeah. in Europe. And uh, so they requested uh, with the governor of Constantinople or a mayor or, or uh, uh, local officials that uh, for Gomidas to be released. Yeah. That's how he was... Otherwise, he was going to be killed. Yeah, like others too. So yeah. then, this is because of his uh, fame from the Gusan Choir. Mm -hmm. So he he when he he gets out of this sanatorium in in somewhere near Istanbul, he travels to Paris, mm -hmm. and then he's in Paris. But he still is he's not well. He's you know he's in a mental clinic. Yeah, he in had Paris. health issues before this too. He had health issues and, and on yeah. top of what he saw and what he experienced. Yeah, before Armenian genocide, he was treated a few times. I think one time in Portugal, one time in uh, Europe, uh, Spain or other place. And every time there was a benefactor who paid for his treatment. Uh, but I think what, 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 after the Armenian genocide, what he saw kind of all of that, uh, you know, uh, made it worse. Yeah. And, uh, um, in, in, in his health declined after that, especially, especially his mental, yeah. particularly his mental state after that. Right. 
But he lived until the 30s. He didn't well, die until the 30s. Yeah, and, and he was in a mental clinic mm-hmm. in, um, in, in Paris. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't write any music after 1915. Mm-hmm. He didn't sing after 1915 or any, anything like that. He didn't do Badarak, didn't celebrate Badarak. Or, uh, but there are memoirs of people who visited him during that time. And, uh, and one of them writes this interesting story. And when Gomidas, when he visited with Gomidas, they were talking, and at some point Gomidas said, I, I have to leave now. You have to excuse me, I have to leave. I have to pray for 80 people today. Mm. So he was still, uh, he probably was praying for people that he saw, they were through difficulties. And he was faithful, a faithful person. So we may think that he, he lost his mental ability, he was not the same, but I think he was just you know, uh, difficult and, um, you know, it was just a struggle yeah. that, uh, um, that he, uh, he endured and, uh, at the end of his life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but such a great, such a great talent and uh, what he was able to do in a, in a few decades of his life, well, despite all the difficulties that he had, it's just amazing. Yeah. He transformed and rediscovered Armenian sacred music, Armenian folk music. Yeah, and uh, in 1935, when he died, we have a picture of his funeral. Mm-hmm. We can see here, it was just a large crowd. Yeah. People came just to pay their respect. Yeah, he was beloved. Yeah, Gomidas. Amazing, fascinating figure of Armenian. I- imagine, Peter, I mean, think about it. What, are, what Armenian music or Armenian sacred music would be, mm-hmm. or culture? What Armenian culture would be without Gomidas? Mm-hmm. It it would feel like it's miss. It would be missing a a whole dimension. Yeah. A whole a whole palette of colors. If you when you speak about Armenian culture, what are the names that people mention? Well, there's a lot of them, but Gomidas is. Gomidas is one of obviously right on the, the list, top. right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you know, most, uh, how many schools, music schools are named after Gomidas in the world, do you think? Oh, there are, there are many, there are many. There are, uh, uh, how many Armenians, they have a monument mm-hmm. in United States? Not many. How many does Gomidas have? Uh, Gomidas has, in, in Detroit, yeah. there is a monument uh, of Gomidas in Detroit. In Paris, there is a monument of Gomidas. So, uh, I don't maybe William Saroyan in Fresno or something, yeah. maybe uh, uh, something. Uh, but uh, Gomidas is a major figure of Armenian culture. Armenian culture and music would be completely different without, without Gomidas and without the work that he was, able, he was able to accomplish. Yeah. I think you summed up what Gomidas means to me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think at the end of our episode, we are going uh, probably to uh, uh, to uh, to put uh, one of the recordings of Gomidas. Uh, yeah. Nineteen fifteen. We'll uh, put the music. His voice. His voice. So you can hear what he sounds like, and on the Facebook page, we'll put up a YouTube video of your favorite Gomidas song. Mm-hmm. And I'll put up one of my favorite your Gomidas. Favorite. Which, which one is your favorite? Zirani Zar is my favorite Gomidas song. Zirani Zar? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's uh, even just the music, I think it's, it's beautiful. And it's uh, the first time I heard it, I immediately understood it and was completely surprised by it. Wow. If that makes sense. Well, how did you, what did you feel? There was uh, something about it that felt um, almost like a, a, like a, a pop song, a sweet pop song. Mm. But uh, all, but it was very much a classical, you know, classical song, a folk song. There's three parts to it, and it just each. It's not a very long song, but there's just so much that that you know, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, that sums up probably our episode. Enjoy the music of Komi Das. Yes. Uh, study and learn more about him, and uh, I think every Armenian should listen to the music of Komi Das. My son and I, we have a tradition. Every Sunday when we come to church, on the way to the church, we listen to, to Gomidas. Uh-huh. Uh, and and he, he really enjoys Gomidas music. Gomidas. I don't know any other 10-year-old who would ask to put <laughs> songs of Gomidas every time we are in the car. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I, I think that's, that's wonderful yeah. that our children, they, they, they learn, they know the music of, of Gomidas. So enjoy. Thanks for listening and share your favorite Gomidas song with us, please. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe.